Hello? No. I don't hear anything. Oh, now I, I hear just some... It's very scratchy and distant. Oh, okay, I hear I hear myself. I don't really hear... I just hear like, no. No. Wait, for a second I did. Yeah. No, no it's weird. It's like, it needs, yeah, there. Well, no. No. Here. There we go. I, it needs to be out a little bit. Oh, that's strange. Yeah. Okay. You, you sound. I have a lot of experience. Like, um, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Here with me today, Seth Barron. Hey, Seth. Hey, Pat. I'm How looking. Are you? Thanks for having me on the show. Oh yeah, man. I'm so excited to have you here. I'm excited to be here. Talk about this homeless teen who was released uh, despite the fact that he stole a car and hit a cop. A homeless oh. teen too. So they released him on, on his own, homeless for cognizance. Uh, yeah. Well, at least it's hard to um, be under house arrest. Yeah. <laughs> Give him an ankle bracelet and say, "Don't leave New York." <laughs> he was charged with an attack on a plainclothes. NYPD Captain Midtown East last October. He has been released under the controversial new bail reform guidelines okay. after his latest in a long line of arrests for a, see, joy, a joy road in a stolen car. This must be from the fucking Daily News. Maybe. It seems like, maybe it's not, but it seems it, that when they say joy riding in, in a you know, he's joy road in a stolen car and he yeah, carjacks somebody. I mean, I mean, I think joy riding originally was the idea like, Let's just go for a drive. Yeah. It's Sunday. We've got our, like, our f- Model A. Mm-hmm. Let's just take it out on the road and go for a little joyride. You We're mean not just, going anywhere. Just drive and not go anywhere? Yeah, let's just drive around in the country, see what's going on. Oh, okay. And now joyriding means, like, yeah, like, well, uh, I stole someone's Honda at gunpoint or knife point, and now I'm going to, like... You know, just zoom around the Bruckner Expressway. Take it for a spin. Yeah. <laughs> it seems as if it's kind of a passive-aggressive, sarcastic way of... Uh, rage riding. Uh, of I this, mean, why of don't this... they call it, like, rage riding? Or... Right. Grand Theft Auto. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Grand Larceny. Yeah. It's got 19-year-old Elijah Hodge, suspected Crips gang member, whose last known address was in Brownsville 1718 in Violent Brooklyn. He was granted supervised release for his latest alleged escapade. Uh, this is by Manhattan Criminal Court Judge James Kleins. Mm-hmm. Prosecutor noted he had a history of failing to appear in court repeatedly uh, this year and in 2019. Now, the the, uh, the prosecutor, Adam Love, said, This is a strong case, Your Honor, in which the defendant was observed driving a car for five hours after it was stolen. And when pulled over, the defendant fled. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. And then, uh, so Hodge, yeah, he's got a lengthy arrest record, as I mentioned. Stole uh, a blue 2009 Toyota Camry. Camry is the top end of the Toyota, like that line, I believe. Yes, yes, Camry is a very nice vehicle. You've got the Camry. Below that, you've got the the, the Corolla. Corolla and then the Celica. And the Tercel. Oh, the Tercel, yeah. I had the Tercel. Blackhawk. Nice. Was it really called the Blackhawk? Blackhawk. The Tercel. The Tercel Blackhawk. The sporty one because it had a a spoiler. Oh. Blackhawk. Did that help you... um, Keep you Spoil from, things. From, from, <laughs> well, I, I meant like, did it keep you like so you didn't take off if you were going like 170 miles an hour? Yes, it kept me on the ground. <laughs> yeah, okay. and it would also keep me from hydroplaning. Nice, uh, I nice. guess okay. I don't know. Hodge smiled in court. He was arrested after failing to signal. By the way, that's how they 
Well, they'll get, they can get you that way. Yeah, they, I mean, they have, have all to... kinds of things. Well, you uh, you touched the the median line. You uh, didn't signal. You uh... it's hard to drive and not break a law. Yeah, so they 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 can easily get you. Well, that's the funny thing because they always go on about how it's so unfair that the cops will use pretexts like smoking marijuana as a pretext to arrest somebody for something else, or you know using turnstile jump but that's the it's like you know oh well they're they arrested him for turnstile jumping and he had a knife but why are they arresting people for turnstile jumping it's like well yeah that's the way everything works pretexts yeah they they probably had an idea that there was other stuff going on but what they could definitely get him for right then was the weed like say a woman makes a date with a guy online and he shows up and he stinks and he is like popping viagra She's like, well, I'm going to use that as a pretext not to go out with you anymore. Yeah. Is that not fair? What, does she not want to get fucked by this guy? <laughs> right. Well, my point is, it's like, there's all kinds of pretexts that we use in life, and there's no reason to assume that cops don't do it, too. Well, yeah, it just, it, it strikes them as somehow unfair. Using the law to enforce the law? Right. What's right. the big idea? Yeah. No, there's, life is uh, filled with all sorts of unpleasant things. Like, you can't just do crime because you feel like it. And, and I mean, like, it's just the way it is. It's, it's not something you should bemoan. It's something you should embrace. He's a he's an economist. Don't you know who he is? I like Thomas Sowell. I'm not so sure you do. Well, you, here you are disagreeing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to disagree with people now and then. Yeah, I guess. even people I agree with. Yeah, that's why marriages work. Oh my God, do you think it's possible to to be married and not have these two very contradictory but strong emotions, love and hate, for that person? Um, no, I think that if you didn't have both of those, then it wouldn't really. Um, you wouldn't see so many um, divorces and matricides. <laughs> oh, wait. No, that contradicts. With right. I, I, I think that those are probably not. Maybe it's. Well, that's why, you know, the old saying, the old Latin tag, Odi et amo. I hate and I love. I've been married three times. Yeah. And uh, I'm on my third one now. Yeah. And like. Sort so of clearly I know about marriage. Sort of towards the end of the third one. Yeah. I'm at the tail end of. <laughs> I mean, we can hope. <laughs> hey, you wrote a great piece uh, in, in uh, City Journal this past week uh, about Orwellian word games that cities are playing in order to kind of... Uh, oh, yeah. You like that one? I, I liked it very much. Uh, I liked it, too. You, Thank you. you. You sort of centered on the at-risk uh, you know, uh, idea that now they're, they're in L.A., they're, they're not allowed to call people, uh, teens who are... Uh, not doing well in school, not showing up for school, uh, and not motivated uh, as at risk. Right. Well, this is actually throughout all of California. Okay. Uh, the new law in California is that, well, they came up with this term at risk about 30, 40 years ago uh, to describe what used to be called like juvenile delinquents. Yeah, as, as a kind euphemism sort of. So yeah, at risk was supposed to say, look, these are kids, they're not lost causes, but if a kid isn't showing up for school, if he's flunking, if he's like uh, hanging out with the wrong crowd, well, he's at risk. And what's he at risk for? Well, possibly dropping out of school or getting deeply involved in criminal behavior and winding up in jail. So the idea was never to be like, these are the kids that we need to watch out for and like keep away from everyone. No, no, no. The idea was like, these kids are at risk, so we have to give them you know, additional services, additional attention, and try to make sure that they don't you know, lapse into danger. So, you mm. know, it was always like a considered 
a positive step to look at them this way. You know, like, okay, we're going to make sure that we're... So yeah, anyways, I see what you mean, yeah. Um, like, get them the right services and get them more attention. And They're already kind of some things are not going right, but let's not consider them... Like, if a building is at risk of falling down, well, let's shore it up. Let's, get, let's make sure that the, it's structurally... We give it the attention it needs, you know. And it was at risk of falling down when it was already partially falling down. Yeah, so, uh, well, this... Assemblyman in Los Angeles said, "No, no, no. This is, this is stigmatizing kids, uh, calling them at risk. This is putting them in the, the school to prison pipeline. We're <laughs> we're consigning them to go to prison." So he made. So the new law is in the penal and education codes. You can no longer use the term "at risk." You have to say they're at promise. Mm. So yeah, uh, I, at, at promise. promise of because his idea being that uh, kids are the future. They are the promise of the future. They're the promise of success. So kids are at promise. There you go. Ah. But if you read the definition of how it works, it's like at promise shall be substituted for at risk. At promise means kids who are at risk of failing in school. So, I mean, they can't like define it without using the term that they're, they're, <laughs> funny. they're, 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 they're forbidding. So it's just, it's just silly. I mean, obviously it's just silliness. But my point was that, uh, you know, and the assemblyman was like, look, words matter. Well, you hear this a lot on the on the uh, one side of the political one equation. side of the political equation in particular, likes to always preface what they say by saying words matter, um, and they say that in order to say words matter. So you, so here's what I want you to say. Um, here's it gives how, it importance, so they're not just uh, you know sound like they're niggling over you know nothing. Right, right. So. You know, we we see this in New York, too. Um, for instance, there's something called EDP. This stands for Emotionally Disturbed Person. Mm-hmm. And this is just a, a term that the police use, uh, you know, because an enormous number of 9-11 calls are for people who, like, are seriously mentally ill, having some kind of freak out, like, whether it's at home or on the street. So they say, okay, it's an EDP call. There's like something like a thousand of these a day. I mean, yeah, I it's, a, it's a huge number. It, it, it's a, a, like a thousand of these still fall through the cracks of the Thrive program. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they've decided, no, no, this is, this is um, stigmatizing. Even though it's an emotionally disturbed person, that's just all it is. It's not, I mean, they are emotionally disturbed. So, <laughs> well, you know, it, it's like saying the term Mexican is uh, stigmatizing. Okay, sure. But also, but, you know, uh, EDP was, again, like you like in the other uh, example, it was already, you know, a step up from psychos. Yeah. I mean, they, I, I don't know what they used to say, but they used to say psychos. Yeah. Oh, there's a psycho uh, going nuts or some, you know, some some nutcases uh, throwing stuff out the window. Okay, so it's an EDP call. Well, now they're not allowed to say that anymore. They have to say it's a mental health call. Hmm. Now, I mean, I'm not saying that it's so bad to call it that, but how it's not as though what the police, the term that the police use to describe the calls does not affect the prevalence or the severity of the calls. No. So what are they talking about? Well, what are they talking about? What do you think? I think, you know, the idea is that what they want to do is control the way people talk mm-hmm. because that's a way to control people. And I think that in this case, uh, they're shifting any sort of blame for the situation onto the police who are, you know, who are calling because they're calling it the wrong thing. 
<laughs> right. You know, they, they look at what's wrong with this situation. Calling them emotionally disturbed is really not good. And that way it isn't about the programs that they're that are unsuccessful and right. all the money thrown away on all Even that. Just this idea of the schools to prison pipeline. There's this idea that like kids who are suspended from school are three times more likely to wind up in jail. That's the schools to prison pipeline. There's a correlation. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not just, they're saying this, yeah, so the, the implication is that suspending kids from school sends, it essentially makes it so they're going to go to prison. It causes it. It causes them to go to prison. Correlation but, is not causation. No. Um, you know, I think you might say, oh, well, is that the case, or is it the case that certain people manifest antisocial behaviors both in school and in other situations uh, that can lead them to, you know, fall into the clutches of the criminal justice. It seems to make sense, yeah, if it follows that people who cannot behave in school won't behave in society. Yeah, or they just don't. Um, so, and, or that the idea that if they don't get suspended, they'll be able to turn that around somehow. Right, like right, right. Let's punishment. not suspend them, and then they won't go to jail. Well... Is that really going to work? I don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of funny th- that the idea that the schools to prison pipeline is a real thing, as though there's no there's no choice involved or there's no behaviors that impact that. Right. Um, yeah. You know. It, it, it's 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 really a uh, a victimizing type of a belief and philosophy. So this is the argument. Theref- okay. This therefore that. Yeah, and so we have all these schools now because of this uh, what, what, restorative, like restorative justice. justice. Restorative justice is what uh, they called it during uh, that. That that's what Holder and Obama <laughs> by executive fiat. Yeah, just fucking okay. Here's what we're gonna do now, and and the schools have never been worse. Well, the idea of restorative justice is to um, to make it that instead of punishment, which doesn't really help the victim nor the offender doesn't really cure the offender nor like heal the victim right that there's a way to have restorative justice which is to like bring a kind of wholeness to repair what happened but from what i gather it basically means that the um you make the victim forgive the offender <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah, i mean i don't of... know what else what else it is <laughs> well you yeah and you you're also Forced to be in their presence, and how do you punish the victim if they don't want to forgive the offender? I suppose you suspend them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, have you noticed? Now, here's something about subway crime: a man follows a teen uh, from a car, from mm. car to car on the six train, slashes her in the head. Now, we have that story on the, on a recent episode. A stranger, a stranger beats a blind man in a Queen station simply over an accidental touch by his cane. Oh, well, that that makes sense. That makes sense. I dispute that, though. I dispute really? the way that went. Yeah. This guy was like, he was not a, a, a typical blind man who was like, fucking whoops. He was like, uh, just the way he was talking, when they quoted him, he sounded, it's, it sounded like, here's what happened. The guy bumped into him with his cane when, he, when he's getting off the train and the other guy's trying to get on. Okay. And it said he knocked his phone out of his hand with the cane, or the guy dropped his phone because the cane touched it. They made it sound real, like, you know. And then, but you think, like, well, while the guy, before he could retrieve his phone and get back on the train, the door is shut. He missed his train. He was furious. Oh. You had to think, where did the phone fall? They didn't say. 
But I'm like, where on the platform could it be out of reach? I'm sure it fell on the trackpad, and they didn't mention it. Uh huh. Now, if some blind guy with his cane was like swinging it around and somehow knocks you to knock a guy's phone out of his hand with your cane, mm, yeah, you, it takes something to do that. Usually, blind people are pretty adroit with their canes. I've never seen a blind person who was anything Flailing. other than adroit. <laughs> I mean, am I right? Which which makes me think the guy probably did it intentionally. I don't think it was an accident. Maybe he wasn't really blind, and he was. Maybe he wasn't. But and he would. Not, I think he was. He's married to a blind woman too. So they're like two people who've never seen each other. Who are did married. I ever tell you? By the way, this scam I came up with. Oh no, you didn't. What is it? Let's he, let's hear the scam. Um, what you do is you go up to a blind person with a cane, <laughs> and you say, "Hey, hey, my friend is blind. Can he just borrow your cane for a minute?" Yeah, and then you steal the cane. <laughs> I've got some more scam. I've got like I got like ten canes one day. <laughs> you must have been walking around on twenty third and sixth. Yeah. Sorry, I got off uh, on that tangent, but they're they're talking about subway crime here. Governor Cuomo wants to add five hundred cops to the MTA's force. Everybody, some mad. still oppose it. Yeah, it makes everybody mad. It makes all the anarchists mad. You know, the, it's those are a small sample of the criminal incidents that, that was that they were going through here. But I mean, some you know, a passenger hit a sixty five year old bus driver in East New York in, in the face with a metal padlock. Jesus Christ! A woman fought off a rapist in a subway bathroom, which I, I still think maybe she's a hooker. I don't know what a, a subway bathroom. Who the fuck is in a you know? But whatever. You never use the bathroom in the subway. I, I mean. I've never seen a subway bathroom. What are you talking about? I've never seen a bathroom in a subway station. Well, we can go to 42nd Street right after this, and I'll show it to you. Really? That'll I mean, be fun. I, I have a date. Like, it's like I sort of a date <laughs> I mean, there are, there are bathroom subways. I mean, they're usually pretty awful, but and they're only open. They're not open like at, late at What night. you just said is actually true. You didn't say subway bathrooms. What we have is bathroom su- uh, subways. <laughs> But it says says we're still far from the bad old days. The trend isn't good now. uh, Graffiti's on the upswing. That that is. Do you think the subways have gotten worse? Yes, they have. They certainly have. They're they're dirtier. I know. And there's more homeless people, which is probably a big part of them being dirtier. The other day, I got on the subway. Okay, and like everybody's crowded on one end, and you know that's always a bad sign. But I got in and I sort of sniffed the air. It didn't smell so bad in the empty part. So I was like, well, there's a couple of homeless guys down there, but they weren't that stinky. So I'm like, I'll go sit over there, whatever. So I said to him, this guy, all right, he's got like a big grocery cart that's got a bunch of stuff tied to the top of it. So it was pretty top heavy. Mm-hmm. And he's got a, um, like a rolling suitcase that's all split and falling apart. And it keeps kind of getting stuck in the door. I so hate these homeless fuckers with <laughs> their shitty luggage. <laughs> right. Okay, but here's the funny part. So he's sort of sitting down, kind of slumped over, sort of trying to sleep. But his his grocery cart just kept rolling around and like banging into things. And he would look up and just look so annoyed. Like, what the who untied my suit, my grocery cart? <laughs> and then he had this like filthy scarf and he kept trying to tie it to the pole, but it would come loose. It looked like a Buster Keaton routine. It was like so <laughs> ridiculous because then he would get like he would get up and just be all like aggravated and try to tie it again. And I love shit like that. It was something else. It's like constantly like a um, a weird uh, show going on. I mean, have you seen these guys who will get on the subway or you get on the subway? I don't know when they get on. I don't know how they get on. Because the subway's only open for, like, 25 seconds. How do they load in, like, 
13 cartloads of stuff to, to like to pack into like one corner of the subway. I, I don't know. I guess what they probably do is, is they, they probably jumped on at the first stop. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then the doors are just propped open yeah. for a long time while it I loads. I guess because some of these people have so much stuff, like, I don't know, 25 bags filled with things, a giant cart. Yeah. What do you got there? This is a this is a crazy lady uh, who was singing on the train. Uh, was on my way to work. Is that like scat go. singing? What is she doing? I can go. I kissed a girl I and I liked it. it, yeah. I think she kissed oh, a was dead that what girl. She was singing? Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, that that's they're a lot dirtier than they used to be. I don't know about more dangerous or not, but but uh, it, it's uh, they're definitely more statistically they're more dangerous. I mean, you hear about it all the time. Yeah. Uh, well, I had uh, another story. Now, when do you think we're going to get a Weinstein verdict? Because I, I aren't, uh, they're in uh, deliberations right now. And what do you think is going to happen? I think Monday or it? Tuesday. And either I think we're going to have one of two possibilities: either he's found not guilty, or he's found guilty. Or there's a hung jury. There you narrow it down to, yeah. yeah that's there's what I've so, narrowed it down to. It's sort of like it's going to be, um, you know, when you're playing roulette, you know, the, right. you, you narrow it down. Either gonna hit, it's either going to be red or black or possibly, possibly green. Possibly the, yeah, the house, the, um, the house numbers. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't really, I haven't been following the Weinstein case very closely. Um, I don't find him a very sympathetic character. Um, I never particularly liked him before he was an accused rapist. Oh, me neither. It sounded like everyone sort of, this was kind of an open secret. Yeah, and, exactly. Um, and, and, and people had no problem with it for the longest time. Well, it's kind of like I entrapment, he, really. You think that he was entrapped? Sort of. They, they, they let him do it forever. Mm, and so, then, so he was kind of under the impression, hey, this is okay. I no one's saying anything. I guess it must be all right. I mean, I've been... Do you th- I don't know that he actually uh, exactly raped anybody, but I don't know. I, don't well, I guess know. we'll find out, won't we? Uh, Rosie Perez got to testify. That was a big moment. I didn't know that. Why? Did he... Um, is she one of his alleged victims? No, she's not. She was a friend of the woman who was on The Sopranos that he, oh. he allegedly raped, and... Uh, he, she was giving testimony that this woman told her about it way back when, oh. but that, didn't mention that, Weinstein by name. But didn't mention Weinstein. Didn't mention him by name, but said that she something about getting raped. Well... And so that's... <laughs> that seems... Is that even admissible? I, 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 anything is these days. Uh, a drunk mom, uh, a, a drunk British mom abandoned her seven-year-old daughter on a flight to have sex with a stranger who left her drink, uh, who, who, who let her drink his duty-free vodka. Was this, I heard, no, was this on the plane? This was on the plane. Because you're not supposed to have access to your, to, I thought you can't, oh, maybe they, they Oh, they were drinking before they got on the plane, but I think he had a bottle with him. And 
So what does that mean she abandoned? I mean, she just went to the bathroom, right? She didn't like, it's not like abandonment just to leave your kid on, on the plane for, like, I could see if you put your kid on the plane and you didn't get on, that would be abandoned. But just to leave the seat to go have sex with somebody, that's not abandonment. You know where your kid is. It's a seven-year-old girl. It's not like, what if you have to go and poop? I mean, I've done that. One time I was on a plane with my kid. Like she was probably about five. And I just had horrible diarrhea. And I was like, okay, just just, just sit here. Just sit here. Everything's fine. And like I went to the bathroom and it was like, ugh, ugh. and then I came out. She was standing outside. I was like, all right, all right. Like she had, I guess she just got worried and came and stood outside the bathroom. But That's cute. It's so she cute. got to hear your splatters. <laughs> hey, everybody did. <laughs> no, so one time I was on an airplane, um, uh, like an international flight. And unfortunately, like my seat was right next to the bathroom, like right across the aisle. So like, <laughs> it was very kind of unpleasant, but to make a, to make, to make it, to make sport of the unfortunate seating arrangement, I would say to my wife, like every time that someone was in there, I, I would say like, when they come out, I'm going to say, I know what you were doing. In there. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you're fooling? <laughs> um, here's my point. Um, okay. Leaving a child in their seat, a seven-year-old in their seat, I'm sure they probably had a tablet to play with. Look, I'm not saying it's She's a very... She's trying to blow the guy. I'm not saying guy. it's very salubrious uh, to have sex with someone on a plane while your daughter's... It's the last there. word I would use to describe but, it. You're right. But it's not exactly like abandonment. No. The child was not in any danger. Well, it's a little bit dramatic in the headline, isn't it? Uh, what do you think of bleach attacks? A woman threw bleach on a on a on a lady down in the subway the other day, just to kind of like we're doing sort of an overview of a lot of the crimes that have happened lately. They're down as a bleach. Now it's not, it's different from an acid attack chemically, right? Yeah, I mean I've heard that. Uh, don't you remember there was a case where some like a like a a an African American woman claimed that some frat boys had thrown bleach at her. So I think that there's an like. There I think was, you're thinking of Jesse Smollett. No, man. no, no. Oh, yes, but that too. Yeah, bleach. Like, so there's like a racial aspect to it. So maybe that's oh. mean, but otherwise, I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in NYU, uh, there's uh, th this NYU. I guess he's a professor. A New York University professor is one of the masterminds behind the anarcho group that organized the rampage through the subways. Uh, last month, you remember J31, uh, you know, fuck yeah. cops and everything like that. They spray yeah. painted that on walls. They inconvenienced a lot of people, destroyed turnstiles. Uh, a lot of people were stranded. His name is um, a 44-year-old Amin uh, Hussein. Oh, yeah, this guy, yeah. Co-founder of Decolonize This Place. Yeah. Urged radical followers to fuck shit up. Yeah. Now, yeah he's yeah, great. He's great. Here he is. Yeah, isn't he amazing? That's a he's photo. a big, like, Palestinian activist. Mayor de Blasio said he was uh, repulsed by the hooliganism. Okay. Oh, this is repulsive. Yeah. It's uh whatever. It's it's we don't believe you. Nothing he says. Even if we did, that's it's it's a stupid choice of words. It's just like saying like, well, it's just real distasteful. Yeah. Like it's chewing with their mouth open or something. Right. Uh no, there's a lot of illegal shit going on. Uh, you can't have a situation in New York City where people are putting up on social media what they're going to do. This is uh, Dermot Shea. Police Commissioner Dermot Shea. Uh you know, when they're, when they're going to do knives, aim for their necks behind police headquarters. I'm famous. That's, what? Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Fucking, I, 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 maybe my reading glasses are fucked up. Here's what he says, okay? 
uh, what they're going to do. And then he quotes, knives, aim for their neck, blind police officers. Spell reform, it's lit. So like, I didn't mm-hmm. even know that that was like part of the deal that they were talking about attacking and blinding police officers. Oh, which boy, I didn't, I didn't hear that. Repulsive. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, really, Mayor de Blasio, the thing that's always that's been shitty. very about, unsavory. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tone-deaf thing to say. <laughs> Uh, Hussein did not return messages, uh, so, you know, whatever. Throwing rocks, Molotov cocktails, and the like, he said at a July 2016 pro-Palestinian rally. Why are so many of the anarchists also so pro-Palestinian? Because uh, they see the Palestinian... To them, uh, everything comes down to Palestine. To them, it's like the intersection of racism, colonialism, militarism... Uh, Judaism, everything bad, everything bad in humanity uh, comes down to that. Mm. Uh, It says here, Hussein may be imparting his radical ethos to students teaching a class on militant activism. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's a major in most colleges now, isn't it? (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, it's it's a probably major a or like a um you know, like a core requirement. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it says uh, yeah, founded in 2016 by this guy and another guy, an Indian-born guy, decolonized this place, describes itself online as a grassroots social justice organization. It seeks to raise awareness uh, of the struggles of Native and African Americans, Palestinians, and other marginalized groups. Sure, you know I think that group, <laughs> um, actually. Uh, blocked me on Twitter. Like, if they're so radical, what do they have to... Ho- like, why would they block me? It I seems mean, like they'd want to convert you, brother. something. I don't know. It seems a little, like, wimpy. If they're so... If they're so um, radical. But they don't want you to say insulting things to them or something? Yeah. yeah that's weird. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, they don't, they don't want to also, like... Um, you know, they put that video up there, and it was, you know, fairly direct. We played it on the show, uh, and it's also on the website here, uh, crimereport.nyc. But, like, uh, they're, you know, they're just straight up calling for people to come out and, you know, fuck shit up. So, well, that's uh, that's as direct as you can get. Maybe they didn't want that going yeah, out see, to... I'm, um, I'm blocked by decolonize this place. You're blocked. <laughs> You're blocked. You're a shithead. <laughs> Like, what kind of wimps are they that they would like block me? I don't know. I don't know. Well, they're they're not big listeners here, so I mean, like, I, I think they're probably listening to one out of every four or five episodes at best. Okay. Uh, so look, Tessa Majors—they've arrested three people now uh, in that murder, and uh, yeah, that seems like that's they they pick one crime every once in a while to go like, okay, this is bad, and then they'll go ahead and try to and kind of prosecute it uh, real heavy. Yeah. Uh, but this is no different from a lot of other. I mean, there was a 92 year old woman killed by one guy, and we see shit like this. But this is the one. Well, she's an out of towner. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, they seem really upset about it. Which you know, I think there's reason to be. Um, I was surprised that they're charging the kids as adults, or at least one of them. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. The 14 year old. I mean, because he could have been theoretically charged as a in family court as a juvenile, and you know, not really gone to prison, just. Maybe going to like some kind of restorative justice until he uh, turns eighteen or twenty-one. Trump circle or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trump circle. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no. They, you're right. Uh, they, until until her father was forced to apologize to him. <laughs> uh, but they're yeah. They did it with Junior up in the Bronx was the last one because he got knifed by those five guys. That's true. And it's uh, they they pick one. They make a cause out of it. Maybe it's their youth. But I think they. I think that whoever it is that sort of they all they do 
is they pick one and go, okay, we'll ride on that. Mm. But I mean, all these other ones are, they're no, you know, like what about this guy walking into the 41st precinct and opening fire? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that seems a little more blatantly, uh, you know. Well, that's the same guy who shot the cop in the face the day before, right? Yeah. He shot two cops. With a 92-year-old who was raped and killed by that guy. Well, they don't like that because her grandmother appeared with Trump. A couple days later, you know, you saw that, right? Oh, that's right. She did. Her yeah. granddaughter uh-huh. was like complaining about that this illegal alien had been allowed to. Yeah, because of the sanctuary city policy, right? And the Daily News is not gonna is not gonna like carry water for that for that for that for that crime. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they would argue for his release. We've got three things that we want to say: no Trump. No KKK. No fascist USA. <laughs> and no fascist USA. Yeah. I, first time I heard that chant, I just was like, uh, man, oh, yeah, because Trump's in the Klan. Yep. And he's a fascist. Yep. <laughs> what a weird, weird thing to believe. Now, an illegal immigrant who allegedly threatened to shoot city cops is expected to eventually be deported. Homeland Security arrested Armando Clemente Ramos uh, Thursday evening. Oh, after he, he allegedly made the threat, and he's currently being held by the feds on immigration charges. So eventually uh, expected to face that. Uh, so like the, fed, the, the feds can get a little bit involved, I guess, in the cities and, and just sort of like never leave. You know, I mean, they, yeah. they, they have. I mean, they can't pr- prevent them. But it's funny, you know, a couple weeks ago there was this case of, um, okay, ICE officers were arresting some guy in Brooklyn to deport him. And he and his friend attacked the cop, and he wound up getting shot in the face. The immigrant. The guy that they were trying to deport. Oh, okay. So everybody was saying, you know, all the the activists and very left-wing politicians were saying ICE is a... Well, actually, it's funny. This one guy, this one councilman called ICE a rouge agency. <laughs> I, think he, <laughs> I think he meant rogue agency. Anyway, so they were like... So, so they're like, we all have to show up at the hospital to protect. So they, they all went to the hospital to set up a human barricade to try to stop them from deporting these guys the next day. And it's like, okay, well, yeah, he got shot in the face because he was attacking an ICE officer. Um, but so does that mean he never has to be deported? All of a sudden, he's a good guy? Anyway, so it was funny yeah. because all of these, like Jumani Williams and these councilmen were like trying to block the street. And all these activists, but the the NYPD was like saying, get the hell, like pushing them out of the street and stuff like that to uh, pushing them out of traffic. So people were really mad. They're like, NYPD, why are you assisting in deep? This is against the law. You're not supposed to be helping ICE. But I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I think they kind of want NYPD to be like engaged in a firefight with ICE. I think you're right. Yeah. They want them to be the ones forming the barricade. We need a blue line, yeah, but to protect these uh, illegal aliens. But Dermot Shea, uh, I he he seems like he's. Um, I don't think he's going to. Uh, that guy's hardcore. He's pretty hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen a slight increase in ripes. Uh, he's great, and he's. Uh, but he's a real cop. He's a real cop. We we've seen him in uniform sitting there with. Uh, he's a real cop. It's it's uh, the thing is his hands are tied to an extent, you know, and he. Uh, <sighs> Yeah. It's a political appointment. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, like, what, maybe we'll get a mayor who's uh, different, who, who who will at least delegate. 
Well, he, you know, he is a Republican. No, uh, they were making a big fuss about that. About him being a Republican. Yeah, they were I saying know. like, uh, how as a Republican can you, uh, you know, don't you think that as a Republican, how can a Republican police chief uh, work mm. uh, to? How will that protect? Uh, you know, that's how things get politicized. You know. It's it's always making it I mean, making de, it political. To De Blasio's credit, he said, "I can work with a Republican. You know, I can work with Republicans. It's not it doesn't mean that De Blasio likes for the guy who's uh, at, in the top position there as a cop, the police commissioner, to be as off the uh, political mainstream for New York City as is he. He likes it when they can when he can make him wear the black hat if he sure. needs to, so he can vilify the guy if he yeah, needs that's to. True, and I think that's why he didn't appoint a black guy." Because he can't say a black guy is racist. Mm. He's got a lot of credibility, de Blasio, and a lot of clout in that world, but he doesn't have more than the than the theoretical black police commissioner. There was nothing ironic about this Broadway mishap at the Broadhurst Theater, West 44th Street. It was evacuated during the second act of the Alanis Morissette-inspired Jagged Little Pill. yeah. After a showgoer sprayed pepper spray into the audience. Yeah, what is that about? Someone started coughing. <laughs> and then all the people around them started coughing. And they all stood up and started running out. Oh, no. A 20-year-old, uh, somebody said. Her name's Sophie. Uh, theater goers, they, they stood outside for an hour. I don't know why. They, they couldn't resume the performance, but I don't know. I don't know why somebody would spray fucking pepper spray inside. In a, in a Just fucking... into the air? <laughs> Doesn't say. I, I wonder, don't know what that was about. I wonder if people are going to start doing that more often. You ought to know. I don't know. Do you think it was someone who doesn't like Alanis Morissette? No. I think it was somebody who's a big Alanis Morissette fan. <laughs> the crazier the, the woman, the more of a fan. It was like that at one time. She was like the, uh, you know, she represented crazy bitches That's on right. the radio for several years. That's right. Then she disappeared. Jagged Little Pill was her big contribution kind to, of was, but to she's, crazy bitches. But she's still sort of, um, she hasn't lost her place at the summit in a way. Isn't she still considered like the icon? I think, yeah, once you do something like that, you're in forever, you know? I mean, she's still a pretty big, yeah, but she didn't really have any big records after that, did she? No, she. I think she almost went too far for it to be mainstream, like the next album. Uh, two albums later, actually, was uh, I Cut Your Dick Off In Your Sleep. <laughs> Jagged little knife. Uh, Rich- I, I liked that album when it came out. I thought Did it was you really? Good. I, I thought it was pretty good. Look, it was solid. The songs were, and, and, and certainly you know inspired with. I mean, like, I hadn't heard anything that sounded like that. I will say that the song "Isn't It Ironic" does not really like the lyrics. Don't really describe ironic situations. Not hard ironies, I would say, but they, like, they just ex- rain, like you wanted to go to the park, but it rained. Well, it rained on your wedding day. Rained on your wedding. Well, that's maybe bad luck. That's yeah. But, it, uh, but the irony of it is that you, you think your wedding day will be a happy, sunny day, but it rains uh, to consider that ironic. You have to be a uh, little, your, your expectations <laughs> have to be really high of life. I think I guess it's, it's a, it's a free ride when you already paid. That's ironic. Oh uh, yeah. Is it? Yeah, I think so. And if it was good advice that you didn't take, why didn't you take it? It was good advice. Yeah. So, the, the, but it's not hard ironies. You're right. It's not as ironic as uh, the school chancellor Richard Carranza wanting to get rid of, but wanting to use racism to get rid of racism. Sure. And uh, that's what's happening now. 
People really, really hate him in the city. Yes. They're speaking out. They're yelling at him. Their kids are getting beaten up in schools, and nothing is happening. Kids are getting raped in schools. That happens. Somebody, kids, that kid got killed in school. And he's, his whole thing is like anyone who doesn't want to be sent to some other school or whatever is a, is a racist. Any, basically, anybody who disagrees with him is a racist, mm-hmm. needs to have implicit bias training. Here's the thing about this guy is he moved to New York. From Houston, yeah. From Houston, and immediately just started telling everybody what's what. And, you know, he's an outsider. People here aren't, like, going to, like, just kiss his ass just because he's from El Paso or wherever he's from or New Mexico. I'm sorry, uh, where's he from, Arizona? Uh, Wherever he's from. Yeah. uh, It's like, yeah, okay, we get it. You're a Mexican-American. I mean, that's interesting. But there's a lot of people here from different places. And the fact that you have this other experience doesn't mean that you get to dictate. I mean, New York is a very complicated place and it, it didn't seem like he bothered to, to learn anything about it before he just started lecturing. And yeah, he's got one speed and he's got one hand in his pocket. <laughs> uh, he, he, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, he wants to get rid of the test. He wants to shift everybody around to demographically make it. So every school resembles the city, but here's the thing. How the fuck do you do that? It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, Look, de Blasio's out in a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And so is he. <laughs> and so is he. The next brain mayor is not going to keep him around. No. So there's no time at this point to do any of these things. So basically what he should, what he, I'm sure what he's doing is looking for his next job. He's built himself a palatial new office. Yeah. At the Department of Education. I heard something about that. Yeah, he made himself a very nice place. Uh, that is an awesome building, by the way. Tucked into the third floor mezzanine of the historic Tweed Courthouse. The Tweed Courthouse is one of the coolest buildings in New York City. Is it? And it's hard to get into because it's the Department of Education, so it's kind of like locked down. But if you can ever get a chance to get in there, it is wild. <laughs> well, it was a famous building because Tweed kind of organized its... It's where Tweed was invented. Well, sort of. You know, <laughs> but like Boss Tweed... There was just so much graft put into its construction that it's so elaborately rococo and so overbuilt and just bizarrely designed with like very expensive material and really all the trimmings and extras all the trimmings and extras you could expect or want in the 19th century and it was then they re rehabbed it recently so it's it's a really interesting building i i recommend that everybody try to get a glimpse inside you know it should be a stop on the new york city crime report tour, tour which yeah. will be starting very very soon i am sure that'll be great i, I would love to go uh yeah you know what inside the tweed building you've no, been no, in no, it. on the tour oh, on the tour well you know i'm trying to think of like where all of the stops will be there could be very many uh you know new york city almost every place is an opportunity for a stop probably several tours would be better a subway tour an above ground tour Mm. uh you know a ghost tour new york city ghost tour oh i love those not into it really no so listen uh we'll wrap it up you know great because i gotta pee (laughs) (laughs) thanks for being here seth Marin. bye thanks pat thank you for listening to new york city crime report